I didn't hear it because I had the Flames game on, but they announced Evander Kane in the arena, and there was booze. Did you hear that? And listen, I know those Oilers panelists. Great signing that Evander Kane from a pure hockey. Great signing by the Oilers. I'm like, they got to say it. You know what? Do you actually believe that? You Come on. But they have to. From a PR perspective and from a locker room perspective, it's very high risk because you don't know what it's going to do to your group. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, it sure is. Good day, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. It's a brand new week. It is episode number 686 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. And we're back in our normal environs for a week. And then we've got some very exciting news coming up for you with what's going to happen after that. And then what's going to happen after that. So, yes, I'm in South Florida and back in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle is the owner, proprietor and co-host of the RP show from Darren, uh, Darren DuPont Media. How about that, Moose? Darren DuPont. How you doing, Moose? <laughs> Hey, I'm great. I'm great. You know, it's it's kind of a good feeling to be home, even though I miss the people of Calgary and waking up to the mountains every morning. That was nice. Well, you're going to be seeing them soon enough. And by the way, now that we're on people's screens, for those that can see us, not those that are listening live, I am not jumping on the L.A. Rams bandwagon per se. I had this shirt. I don't even really remember where I bought it, Moose, but I like it. And yes, the LA Rams have advanced to the Super Bowl. And actually, I brought my props with me. So here, is this thing broken? There. We do have some breaking news. We might as well drop it right now. If you don't mind. We're stuck. We will, be broad, we will be broadcasting from Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles and the Westin LAX beginning one week from today, Monday to Friday, Super Bowl week. We're going to be there. So it's like just getting our suitcases unpacked in time to pack them back up. That's exciting. Of course it is. Uh, it's, I mean, it's going to be buzzing with, you know, the, especially with the Rams being in the game and, you know, cool to be around that environment. And I think this is one of the more intriguing Super Bowl matchups uh, that we've seen in a while. Yes. And to be honest, I would really have had a rooting interest in the Super Bowl and NFL playoffs if our friend Derek Moncrief was still playing for the Los Angeles Rams. He is not, but I was pulling for the Rams to get there just because I knew we were going to be there and the spectacle of the home team in it and all the rest, so it's going to be great. Coming up on today's program, we've got our NFL analyst Jeff Reinbold and our NHL analyst Matthew Barnaby. And uh, Barney is in the betting game full-time, so he's not just going to join us to talk about the NHL. He'll be talking about Super Bowl II. Those are the guests. And I guess before we go any further, do we want to get into the uh, weekend photo album? I'm guessing that your photos are a little more exciting than mine. But Clark says it's not ready to go yet. So I'm sure it's on uh, somebody else. So let's jump into the uh, quick six show horn. And away we go. So the Bengals, as we go with the number one point, the Bengals were the NFL's worst team two years ago. Now they're headed to the Super Bowl to play Los Angeles in the Rams' home stadium. Cincinnati rallied from an 18-point hold to stun Kansas City 27-24 in overtime on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. And then later on in the NFC Championship game, the Rams overcame a 10-point second-half deficit to claim the NFC crown with a 20-17 to 17 victory over San Francisco, and away we go. Super Bowl 56 is in two weeks. You've seen all of the, I would hope, the stats and the numbers and everything. It's, it's going to be a delicious two weeks here, getting ready for the Super Bowl. But the Bengals 
were 300 to 1 underdogs, Moose, back in the summertime. Preseason, 300 to 1 to get to the Super Bowl. It's, this is the biggest, unlikeliest underdog to make it to the Super Bowl in Vegas betting history. I think the last one was the St. Louis Rams in 1999, I think. They were 250 to 1. So nobody saw this matchup of the Rams and the Bengals. I think we all kind of saw that there's a chance it could be the Rams, but not the Bengals, man. So this is awesome. Well, we came into the season thinking the Bengals, hoping the Bengals were a playoff team, Rod. I mean, they took it till week 18 to, you know, clinch the division and get into the playoffs. And then, you know, they've just taken advantage of big plays. They've overcome mistakes and they've taken advantage of mistakes of their opposition. You know, you just go back to, you know, how they capitalized on Tennessee's mistakes last week, what they did, you know, Patrick Mahomes, when he made mistakes, they made him pay, including in overtime. This group, the stars are aligning, and it's the Cinderella run of the NFL. Uh, as of this morning, the betregal.ca opening line is the Rams by four. And to be honest, for a championship game, that seems like a lot to me. For the two best teams left standing in their respective conferences, a four-point line, not 2.5, not 3.5, four points. Having said that, I think I'll take the bet. But deal or no deal, Moose, that's the opening line. Four points for the Rams over the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. I, I, I think deal in a hurry. And you watch my thoughts as if it's a four-point spread that it's going to go up to four and a half. It might go up to five. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of money coming in on, on the Rams. I think that's good value. I think championship game, you think it's tighter. And Cincinnati has played a lot of teams close. But Kansas City was favored by, what were they favored by? Almost a touchdown uh, in that game last, going into the game last week. And it was, it was kind of L.A., Green Bay, and Kansas City that were the favorites to get to the Super Bowl. Cincinnati wasn't on the radar. So just because they've had a couple of really good weeks, um, I think four points isn't quite enough. So I would take the Rams. Interesting. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Well, if you haven't yet. Sign up at betregal.ca with a promo code RP22. It's specific to this show. If you like what we're doing every day with this program, entertaining you, the work that we're putting in, go to betregal.ca, sign up for an account, use that promo code where they ask for it, RP22, and get 22 welcome dollars. You can just put a couple bucks down on the Super Bowl. It would certainly help us out. Uh, this isn't really point two. It's more like point one B, and that is Tom Edward. Brady, we do have to talk about this. I don't think anybody's posted it on Twitter yet. I will here when we get to the break. The question today, the poll question for Capital Auto Mall, Universal Collision Center with dealerships all across the prairies, Capital. Will Tom Brady retire? I think I was in the airport. And you're, you're going to see this with my weekend photo album. Not that exciting weekend for me. There's a lot of travel uh, heading from Western Canada to South Florida. So I'm getting the, what do you have ready for me? Okay, yeah. So the poll question. I was getting the notifications on my phone that Tom Brady was to retire and that Adam Schefter and Jeff Darlington were reporting it. And uh, Moose, we have a difference of opinion here. We discussed this in our morning meeting with all of our crew, Nelson and Clark and so forth. Did we lose Moose? So my vote is no, Tom Brady is not going to retire. Um, 
And now having said all that, Adam Schefter was the guy who broke the story in the first place that Tom Brady was going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two years ago. So I know what your thoughts are on this, but these are mine. Uh, Tom Brady, within an hour or two of this report getting out, was like, no, 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 no. Let it be known that he called the Buccaneers and said that he hasn't made his, his mind up yet. Everybody knows all of this, but I was watching ESPN all of Saturday night, all of Sunday, and it was all about Tom Brady, and he's done. Best Tom Brady moment. Who's the next Tom Brady? Top 10 plays by Tom Brady, all the rest. And I'm like, I don't think this is going to happen. I think Tom, myself, would be upset, wants to call his own shot, and I don't think he's going to retire for that. He's, you know the Bucks will take him for another year. So my vote is no, he's not going to retire. What's yours? Yeah, he's got one more year left on his deal with the Bucks, I believe. But I think they're no, going to go I through a roster. I think he signed a two-year. I think he signed a two-year deal. I'm sorry. Have, when he went there, does he have yeah. two more? Okay, so he might have two more. Um, but his deal, I, I'm pretty sure his deal's not up, though. I thought he has at least another year. But either way, this reminds me so much of when he left New England. You know, he put out the photo, right? The photo, and, and it was leaking. Maybe that he was going to leave or he was going to stay. But he put out the photo, kind of blacked out, and you couldn't tell if he was coming into or out of Gillette Stadium in New England in Foxborough. And it completely overshadowed Super Bowl week. And everybody talked about Tom instead of the two teams in the Super Bowl. And now, all weekend, everybody talked about Tom and this report that he was retiring instead of talking about the games this weekend. It was Championship Sunday, and nobody was talking about the games all weekend until the games happened, right? So here's a chance for him to control the narrative, right? Say it hasn't happened yet. We're going to talk about Tom. All his other ventures are going to get more uh, publicity and hopefully more value for him. And next week during the Super Bowl, all we're going to talk about is Tom Brady. So this reminds me so much that? of him leaving New England, and the decision didn't change. So I, I, I have a lot of respect for Adam Schefter and, and Jeff Darlington. I don't know that they got this wrong, but guess what? Tom can change his mind. We live in a different world than we did last week even, and maybe he thought he was going to retire last week, and now he doesn't. Uh... Darren, that would be a heck of a lot of orchestrating by Tom Brady to pull this off. Adam, you report it, but then I'm going to say that I'm not, and then we'll come back next week and we'll do it all again? Um, I don't think so. That's, that's not my read on the situation. You may be right. Um, you know, Tom did, you're right, completely steal the thunder of Super Bowl two years ago with that. Is he going into the stadium? Is he leaving? So he's not averse to doing that, stealing the entire thunder of the National Football League. But I think it would have been a pretty intricate planning on his behalf to pull off what went down this weekend. And I think that he will come back and play in 2022. So I'll tweet that poll question when we come back uh, after the break. So now to point to the Canadian men's national soccer team is getting closer and closer to its first World Cup appearance since 1986. Canada is four points clear in the CONCACAF qualifying table. You understand this is all Greek to me. I have no idea what I'm reading. But the Canadians solidified their spot atop the standings with a 2-0 victory over second place USA in Hamilton Sunday. Mexico went on to tie Costa Rica 0-0 to remain in third. What planet are we on? They're playing an outdoor game in Hamilton in January, and Canada's beating the United States in soccer. What the oh, hell's going that? on? <laughs> I know. I know. 
It's wild. And like, it wasn't just, hey, the weather's going to be great. Let's put the game in Hamilton. This was planned months in advance that we're going to do this in late January in Hamilton. And you know what? We're going to beat them too. You know, John Herdman has done an incredible job with, with uh, the men's program, just like he did with the women's program. And he's put Canada on the map. I mean, this is becoming the greatest story in soccer and one of the greater sports stories following Canada, this kind of, you know, miracle run to get into the World Cup. And, you know, if they get into the World Cup, I, I know we'll be paying attention. So that's exciting. I think it's great. I'm following. I'm not watching. But come November, if they make the World Cup, I will be watching. No doubt. Uh, 2.3, and that is... The NHL Sunday and NHL Notes. There's actually breaking news this morning for the National Hockey League. But here's what went down Sunday while you were all watching football. And me too. In Denver, Miko Rantanen had a goal and an assist. And the Colorado Avalanche beat the Buffalo Sabres 4-1 for their 10th straight win and 18th straight at home. Watch out now. The Avs may be the number one team in the NHL. In Pittsburgh, Trevor Moore broke a third period tie with his second goal of the game. And LA's 4-3 win over Pittsburgh. In New York, Kirill Kaprizov, Joel Eriksson-Eck, and Matt Boldy each had a goal and a helper. And Minnesota beat the New York Islanders 4-3 for their fifth straight win. In Raleigh, North Carolina, Andrei Sveshnikov scored on a rebound with 3.44 to go to lift Carolina over San Jose 2-1. Our buddy Vincent Trocek, Vinny, scored the first goal for the Hurricanes, who have won four in a row and seven of their last eight entering the All-Star break. In Dallas, Tyler Sagan had two goals and a helper. Jamie Benn had a goal and two assists, and Dallas destroyed Boston 6-1. In Montreal, Patrick Laine scored twice, and Eunice Corposalo made 32 saves in the Blue Jackets 6-3 win over the NHL worst Montreal Canadiens. And finally, we winded back up in New York. Defenseman Ke'Andre Miller scored with 34 seconds left, and Igor Shesterkin made 40 saves to help the New York Rangers beat expansion Seattle 3-2. Those were the games. Montreal Canadian star goalie Kerry Price says his goal is to dress in an NHL game this season. Kerry spoke to the media Sunday for the first time in more than six months. He's working his way back from knee injury and a stint at the NHL's player assistance program. CP31 says playing for the Canadiens is a big part of his identity. Uh, that and then here's the breaking news. Where's my belt? Two. Oh boy, where's my notifications here? It's eluding me. Oh, the athletic. I read it already. I'll just say they've added a couple of extra festivities to the all-star events in Las Vegas, Moose. And now I got to go from memory because I thought I could call up, call it up on my phone from the athletic. So they're going to play a skills competition in the fountain at the Bellagio in Las Vegas as part of the NHL skills competition. So. I got to go back and read this specifically. What? They had one of the NHL people saying, yeah, from the, from the aerial, it's going to look like a hockey rink. And they're going to be shooting the skills. There's going to be five circles like an NHL rink. So basically, they're saying Las Vegas is getting into the spirit of the thing with the NHL All-Star uh, game. So there hasn't been an All-Star game since 2020. It's the first time ever in Vegas. Will that be enough? to make you tune in, Moose. Of course. I mean, I want to tune in to see what this looks like. Like, are they going to freeze the water of the fountains there? Or are they going to, you know, put the structure in place? I don't know what they're going to do. It's incredibly exciting, though. And, and if that's where it's going to look like and the fountains are going to go off around the side of the, 
of the uh, down the length of the arena. I mean, that's that's cool for a skills competition. As All-Star Weekend returns for the first time since 2020, goes to Vegas for the first time ever. The NHL trying to embrace, they got this wrong. They said try to embrace the spectacle of the thing. No, the line is we're trying to capture the spirit of the thing, but nice try, the athletic. They'll host two events outside of T-Mobile Arena on the Vegas Strip. One in the famous fountain at the Bellagio. The Fountain Face-Off. It's got to be brought to you by Fountain Tire, doesn't it? We'll feature players taking boats to platforms in front of the Bellagio and shooting pucks into five targets in the least amount of time. Steve Mayer, the NHL chief content officer, he's the guy we worked with on the Heritage Classic, right? He's our buddy. Yeah. Yeah. He says, essentially what we're doing is we're creating a rink. From above, it's going to look like a real rink. All the face-off circles in those structures will be stages, essentially the water in the Bellagio fountains. Think of it as ice. From above, you're going to look... It's going to look like an ice rink, but if your puck misses the target, it goes into the water. Bum, bum, bum. In addition, so it's for one event. Yeah. In addition, the NHL will also host an event on the Vegas Strip called NHL 21 in 22, where the Vegas Boulevard will be shut down and players will shoot at oversized playing cards, attempting to get as close to 21 as possible. Think blackjack, but with sticks and pucks. So there's your NHL news. Uh, we'll be back with more of the warm-up when we come back. You're watching the RP Show. No Game Plus TV today, but we are on YouTube Live and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.